All right, everybody, welcome to, if you can believe it or not, season three, episode 20 of Half House and Touchdowns. As always, it's your guy, Bully Rye, back at it again, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making me part of your day, presented by Anchor Podcasts. A quick rundown of where you can find me on social media, on Twitter, at Tapouts and TDs. On Facebook, search for at Tapouts and Touchdowns. And the email to the show, touchdowns at gmail.com. Wrestling episode this week uh, features the review of Extreme Rules 2021. And we wouldn't be able to do a review show without Tapouts and Touchdowns wrestling correspondent, PJ Steven. PJ, how you doing today, bud? I am doing okay. I'm better now now that I'm talking with you and enjoying this uh, this wonderful review. It's been a busy couple of days, um, just with band stuff and house stuff. Other than that, it's been good, and I'm ready to sink our teeth into this thing. Uh, I'm ready to talk about this totally unextreme extreme rules. Absolutely. Well, the the event took place uh, last week. Uh, September 26th, 2021. Um, PJ, what kind of stats do you have for this show as far as where it was located, attendance, and all that whatnot? So it's funny. Uh, I was actually doing a little bit of research on why they picked Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the 2020 uh, Extreme Rules was originally to take place in San Jose, uh, and then they obviously re- relocated to Orlando. Uh, but the SAP Center... Uh, put out an official statement that said they would host the 2021 event. Um, Of course, that's the Nationwide Center in um, um, Columbus, Ohio. However, um, those tickets would be honored for this following uh, following year's event. However, in May 2021, it was reported that due to the ongoing pandemic, the 2021 event would be held on July 18th from the Thunderdome in Tampa, Florida. But after WWE announced that it would be resuming live tour in mid-July, the date was given instead to Money in the Bank. So on July 9th, 2021, it announced that Extreme Rules would be held on September 26th uh, in Columbus, Ohio, the nation nationwide arena, which were the initial reported date and venue for Clash of Champions. I thought that was funny. So we've got a lot of... Back and forth, a lot of misinformation when it comes to where these events are being held, and all do or all because of this pandemic, which is totally, um, excuse me, uh, totally excusable. I mean, I get it. Like you know, everyone's running around with their chicken with their head cut off because, uh, like a chicken with their heads cut off. Excuse me, um, because nobody knows exactly what's going to be happening. Like we, even we as Americans, uh, you know, living in this in the real world, you know. Um, we don't know what's happening every day of our lives when it comes to this pandemic. So trying to plan these live events, I'm sure is super frustrating, but I read that in my research, but to get to the, uh, to the meet here. Uh, yes, it was held on uh, September 26, Columbus, Ohio, the nationwide arena. Um, they actually, I'm looking for, I was looking for it. They actually do not have uh, the attendance just yet. And oh, the uh, attendance, the, the, the fans in attendance were, were live regardless of what, uh, what the actual numbers were. Uh, so we'll we'll give you the uh, the the escape on that one today, PJ. Don't, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was weird because I always have, I always that ha- or excuse me, I always have that handy, and every time uh, I keep looking for it, it's just I I don't want to give you guys. Uh, speaking of misinformation, I don't want to give you guys misinformation. So if I'm finding things that are different numbers, I'm not gonna trust that. I'm gonna trust the the number that I find. And uh, I'm not going to give you guys a bunch of other different numbers that might not be true. Well, so, in, yeah, in, in fairness, um, this is probably the quickest turnaround of a live pay-per-view we've ever recorded a little behind the scenes here. Uh, we are recording this episode on Tuesday, September 28th, a mere two days after Extreme Rules. Uh, yeah. Normally, we give it about a week before we, we review the pay-per-view that just happened. So a pretty quick turnaround. And that's, that, you know, again, we'll give you a pass because that's probably why you, you don't have the attendance numbers. But nevertheless, a Columbus, Ohio uh, venue and, and attendance here that was, that was pretty ruckus the whole night, uh, starting the show off on the pre-show. A uh, match between Liv Morgan and Carmella have been built up uh, that Liv Morgan, you know, it seems like they're trying to give her a push on SmackDown, at least leading up to the upcoming draft that will have started by the time you're hearing this last Friday on SmackDown. Uh, PG, I didn't write any notes. Uh, I, I just, I'm going to just say that I enjoyed the match. Not a lot of 
and, and this is going to be a theme of this show is, as you'll probably attest to not a lot of extreme happening in this match, but did you have any, any notes on, on Carmella and Liv Morgan here on the pre-show? So the one thing I will say is that, damn, that crowd was hot for Liv Morgan. Um, I mean, that, that, that they popped hard for Liv Morgan. So I mean, I was them. hot for good Liv for Morgan too, you know, from my house. You know, yeah. I guess. Oh, brother, listen to you. Uh, that's the only <laughs> That's that's the only extreme that happened in this pay per view. Your extremeness for for old Liv Morgan, but no, it was a uh, it was it was a pretty good match. I, I was I was slightly impressed, um, and I just I love watching Liv Morgan and Carmella work. They have great chemistry and they put on good matches. I'll tell you what, I didn't give this a, a rating, uh, but I do love to see Liv Morgan one getting a push, and two, you can tell that she's improving her in ring work. Not that she was ever horrendous. I mean, you've got you can't be a bad wrestler and make it to the main roster. I mean, we say that and you know, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I know. Hold on. on. You were going to say, I know what you're going to say. John Cena has been on the main roster. Goldberg's been on the main roster insert other name wrestler. Uh, but you know, having said that, like Liv Morgan, not that she was ever terrible, but she's getting really good and, and improving every week. So I'm really looking forward to uh, what she has to come. What did you have to add about the, you can't be a good, a bad wrestler and be on the main roster. I was actually the first person that came to my head was Lana when I talked about oh, when, I'm, okay. when I'm thinking female talent that's on the main roster that can't work. I'm thinking Lana. And now that I'm saying that I'm thinking Eva Marie, you bring her back to do nothing. So whatever. Yeah, that's another, those are very, two very fair points. So uh, scratch what I said about not being a talented wrestler. If you got the looks that Vince likes, he's going to put you on TV. So, so, uh, uh, well, goddamn, pal, you know, uh, we got to get him on. Got to get him in that ring. Got to get him in the ring. Well, boss, he really doesn't really know how to work there. You know, God damn it. Look at him, though. He looks so good. And I love the titties. Anyway. Uh, poppies. Poppies. That's what they say on TV when they when they used to, you know, marginalize the women wrestlers. It's the puppies, not the titties. Come on. Yeah, uh, no, but but Vince says I guarantee Vince says titties. Oh, 100 percent Yeah. You think he calls Linda like Miss Titties? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely you think so? not. Uh, Miss which titties. Which Get is a, in here. a great way to transition to the main card here of Extreme Rules. Uh, a unique mayor, a unique pairing here, as the New Day uh, reformed uh, and recollected New Day, including the new WWE champion, Big E, taking on AJ Styles, Omos, and Bobby Lashley. PJ, how'd you feel about the opener here on Extreme Rules? So I actually did enjoy this tag match. It went 18 minutes, 15 seconds. Not They got plenty of time here. Not a lot of, um, you know, not a lot of gaga. Loved, 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 loved some of the spots here. The suicide dive on Ashley, but Omos just fucking caught him with a chop in midair. That might have been one of my spots of the night. It was just so fun. Um, that crowd popped when um, uh, Big E hits his big, uh, big inning on Lashley to uh, for Lashley to eat the pin. Uh, I love Lashley tagging himself in only to accidentally hit a spear on fucking Styles. Like great psychology there, uh, and. You have no one to blame but Lashley um, to lose. Uh, so I, I did enjoy the match. A lot of fun spots. And, I mean, if the New Day are in the, are in the match, you're going to have a good time. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned just about everything that you said. Um, love seeing the trio back together the New Day. Obviously, for a few months, has been Biggie on SmackDown as he had his build uh, with the New Day featured on uh, Raw. And then one of the, one of my favorite spots is that unicorn stampede where they they're just constantly tagging in and stopping the mud hole in the corner. Good stuff. Made a note about where B- Biggie catapulted Kofi and Omos chopped him. Same thing that you mentioned. Uh, really good teamwork by New Day, even with the uh, with the chop counter. Um, I I mentioned it too. What a finish! Even even though AJ kind of botched the uh, the whip to the ropes before he ate the spear from from Lashley. Uh, he ate the spear and sold it well. <laughs> yeah, um, he did. So really good ending here. I gave this three and a half stars. Um, as you said, I enjoyed it. And and the, the crowd, again, was hot for this match as well. Great to see New Day back in action as a threesome pause. Uh, nevertheless, uh, there was your opener. Next up is, is well, let's just say we've got a bunch of championship matches coming up here. Started off here after this, this six-man tag with the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, 
featuring the Street Profits and the Usos. And I'll start us off here with this match. I didn't write a whole lot of notes. Uh, I really, really love what the Street Profits can do. And if you checked out the SmackDown prior to the show, uh, I don't know if it was storyline or if it was shoot. Uh, but um, Montez Ford was on SmackDown by himself. Uh, got a got a one-on-one match with Roman Reigns, and he, for the most part, he held his own. Um, you know, a couple of notes I wrote about this match. I'm really surprised how they're not really protecting the Usos finisher as much anymore. The super kick led to the single Uso splash is not putting people down anymore. Um, we saw, you know, I don't want to skip ahead, but I'll skip ahead. The finish featured the double super kick and the double splash uh, to put the Street Profits down uh, for a title defense of the Usos. Um, there was a really fun spot where, where Montez Ford uh, jumped over the corner to hit a, a, to hit a dive on the outside uh, to the Usos. Um, you know, I did, I did write in my notes that Montez Ford seems to me like he could be the next Kofi Kingston. Like this guy is charismatic. He's athletic. He can sell. Uh, he's a little smaller than what some, somebody like Vince might like, but I'll tell you what, this guy, this guy is uber talented and I really love uh, watching him work. Um, you know, when the street profits came through the entrance, when they were, when they were coming in to, to challenge the SmackDown titles, I knew they weren't going to win uh, very predictable ending, very predictable finish. Uh, gave this match another, again, not a whole lot of notes, but three and a half stars for this match. Cause I, again, I love what the Usos can do as a team. I love what the street profits can do as a team. Uh, PJ, what do you have to say about the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match at Extreme Rules? So, um, not a great match, in my opinion. I did like it. Uh, I went 13 minutes, 45 seconds. Went a little long for me. Uh, love everything about what you just said about Montez Ford. He is the future. I tell you what's, um, I tell you what's getting old is the Usos to me are getting too old. Not too old to work, excuse me. Not too old like in age, but they're getting old like it's the same damn thing. Super kick splash, super kick splash. God forbid the super kick don't put you down. They'll do another super kick on you. I mean, it it it's like the you know. Uh, I'm not into it. I feel I'm 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 feeling the same way I feel about uh, the Young Bucks with the Usos. Honestly, maybe that's why I didn't love the match. Um, I kind of saw the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I really didn't enjoy this match. I loved everything that Montez Ford did, and everyone else was a little boring to me. I don't want to take away from Angelo Dawkins because he is agile for for a big dude, um, and he's deceptively big. Uh, yes, but but yeah, I I kind of I kind of agree with you. The Usos. I don't want to say it's the same old tired stick. Uh, they've reinvented themselves a few times versus like when they first used to come out as like as the heel Usos. Then they would come out as like the baby face that they would do the little Samoan chant before the matches. Then they would reinvent themselves as heels and then basically keep that gimmick and become baby faces only to turn around and become heels again as part of the bloodline. I'm with you. I think, first of all, they used to do some really innovative stuff where they would t- like, I remember seeing jay hit a tag as he flew out of the ring to do a to do a crossbody over the top rope um you know obviously you can't see that same stuff every single night uh because you're gonna you know that that sort of stuff is special but like you said super kick splash super kick splash eventually you're gonna have to do something to make yourself fresh again i mean we see wrestlers do it all the time i mean even I know it was taken away from her and we're about to get to her match next, but even Alexa bliss stopped using sister Abigail and used the DDT as her finish. Um, so, you know, and Seth Rollins went from the curb stomp to the pedigree back to the curb stomp, just called it the stomp now because God forbid a, uh, an advertiser, here's your, you know, one of your top stars is finishing moves, the curb stomp and you know, whatever that was a, a dumb thing and I don't mean to go off on a tangent but nevertheless I'm with you the Usos need to do something no, I agree it is pretty it is pretty stupid <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but nevertheless uh, I mentioned uh, using a new finisher by Alexa Bliss the next match on the card features Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship PJ how'd you feel about the Raw Women's Championship match here on Extreme Rules I hated this match. <laughs> I hated it. I just, uh, you know, we went 11 minutes here. Good time. 11 minutes, 25 seconds. Great time for this match. It wasn't too long. wasn't too short. It just didn't do a thing for me. Uh, I love uh, Flair's attire here walking out with the Venom. That was really sick. Um, and, of course, Alexa Bliss's uh, entrance was fantastic. Um, good, uh, good hype here. 
And then the bell rang. And I mean, we get Bliss hitting a sunset power bomb, sunset flip power bomb for a near fall. Great, um, um, great spot there. Goes for a twisted Bliss. Of course, Flair moves. Uh, I just maybe I maybe I just wasn't feeling it for this, but I was. I didn't really enjoy it at all. Um, the little, you know, she throws the the doll at Bliss, calls a distraction for a a boot and then the little flip face buster for a pin. I mean, what a weak ass finish for someone that you've built up Alexa bliss who can hypnotize people. Yeah. I, uh, I, I can't, I'm, even... so, I'm sorry, but like I you know. can hypnotize people and then you like, we're made to believe. All right, boy. No, we're I, made to believe yeah. that she can hypnotize fuckers and she can't win this belt. She can hypnotize people, but her her doll is, is her Achilles heel. I'm with you. I, I'm not arguing that. What I am arguing is that if she really wanted the belt, she could hypnotize Charlotte to lay on the ground for one, two, three. Unless yeah. Charlotte's just too much for Jedi mind tricks. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? I hated no. this match. I, I I don't I didn't like it. I don't like it. I get it. And I'm I'm trying to remember what they call that that spot where Charlotte does her little, her little face buster. Cause there's a, there's a name for uh, it. It's, it's natural. It's natural selection, natural selection. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. I thought, I thought it was a weak finish. I, I, I tended to enjoy the match. I think the crowd was still hot for this match too. Um, crowd was think, hot. Crowd was very hot. I agree. I think super early. There was a little back and forth. I do want to mention it. Cause I don't know if you dealt with the same technical, technical difficulty during Alexa bliss's entrance. And during it, I think it was Roman Reigns' entrance peacock. Put a freaking ad, a commercial spot <laughs> in the middle of the like in the entrance. Like I missed, yeah. I missed Alexa Bliss take off her skirt to reveal her gear. Like, what are you doing to me, Peacock? Uh, 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 they gotta, they gotta correct that shit because Peacock is cock blocking you. Yeah. Um. But nevertheless, I, you know, you said you didn't like the match. I thought really early there was a really good back and forth between the two of them. Um. There was a weird submission that Charlotte put on Bliss. Uh, where she basically had her picked up. She wouldn't be able to do it to anybody else. Uh, she can only do it to someone of Bliss's size. Um, there was a Hurricane Rana that uh, Alexa hit Charlotte with, where Charlotte sold it really well. It uh, looked like she may have like broken her nose or chipped a tooth, uh, but I think it was just good selling on Charlotte's part. Wasn't expecting, you mentioned, you know, we're, we're led to believe, and we talk about logical versus illogical situations and, and bringing logic to illogical situations. Uh, when you have someone like Alexa Bliss who's been made to, you know, believe they can hypnotize people, and Charlotte goes over with a natural selection. Um, you know, we finally see maybe an ending to the Lily gimmick. Uh, after the match, we get to see some Gaga, as you call it. Yeah, um, I hated I hated the Gaga. I hated the little Alka-Seltzer foaming yeah. uh, uh, botch. You know what else I hate? I hate that we're supposed to believe that Charlotte needed to really cheat to beat Alexa bliss. Cause you can't have your cake and eat it too, bully. So she either, she can hypnotize people and she's super OP and super OP. But then you have Charlotte who's going over like Rover on all your, almost all your fucking female talent and needs to use a doll to distract her, to get the mood, to get the cover. It's just the dumb psychology. In my opinion, yeah. the and match then- made no sense. And it told a shit story. And then we saw after the match, Charlotte completely rips Lily to shreds. Uh, we get a thank you, Lily chant from the crowd. Uh, and Alexa runs off uh, to the runs up to the ramp crying and screaming and trying to put Lily back together. Um, I thought it was a good opportunity to maybe let her absorb Lily and have her own like fiend gimmick where she has a mask. Uh, but there was a rumor that put out there today, take it for what it's worth that uh, she's been written off TV for a few months, uh, presumably to let go of this uh, twisted Alexa Bliss gimmick and uh, to truly distance her from this Bray Wyatt gimmick. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, Maybe we'll see her in a few weeks. Maybe we won't. Uh, Nevertheless, I gave this match two and a half stars. I'm with you. Didn't make sense. The, the, you know, I understand if they're trying to distance her from the gimmick and they want to write her off TV. I understand the, the concept, but I feel like there's a better way to do it, especially with a championship on the line. Uh, it just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Let me let, let me tell you. Can I tell you what I wrote down when the tra- crowd started chanting Lily? 
Uh, please, please do. I, I, cause because I, I'd love to hear what that, what it says. Okay. Right when they started chanting Lily, I thought for a second, I wrote down verbatim. I wrote, imagine having a doll more over than 90% of your female talent. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that's, that's rough. Especially cause she's more over than she was more over than the dew drop more over than, than even Marie. Uh, I mean, yeah. And, and maybe that does speak to WWE storyline, but holy damn, you have a doll, an inanimate object you know, that is more over than 90% of your female talent. That goes back to what I was saying last week or maybe the week before I talked about AEW female talent and just how there's just no bullshit when it comes to that. Um, no bullshit when it comes to their um, their wrestling. In, um, yeah, in and fairness – I think I think WWE fans tend to I don't know exactly how to describe it, but we're going to call it intelligently troll uh, <laughs> when they're in the crowd, uh, because I mean, even um, even there was a, there was a raw in Charleston, South Carolina, a few years ago where uh, Roman Reigns was feuding with the then WWE champion Sheamus, who was part of the League of Nations and mm-hmm. uh they were talking about his potatoes, meaning his balls. And Roman said something along the lines of don't, you know, something about your tater tots. And the crowd thought it was funny in a way of like, wow, this is really bad. And the crowd started chanting tater tots at Seamus. I do remember that. I got and, Sonic uh, after that a uh, bit because I wanted tater tots. Yeah. And so, um, so she, even, you know, Roman kind of like bit into it, like, oh, they're really liking this. So he called him tater tot again. And uh, I don't think he truly understood that we were just making fun of the absolute shitty fucking writing. So I think the fans chanting Lily could have been like genuine, like, well, we enjoy the storyline. Thanks for the thanks for the you know gimmick for the few past few months. Or it could just be a super troll that thank you, Lily, to say like, OK, like this was dumb from the get go. Now you're fucking gone. So, uh, nevertheless, I don't want to. I don't want us to dwell on this too much more because we got some some more matches to get to that you are not too enthused about, including the next next match. The United States Championship is on the line as Sheamus uh, is in a three way match with Champion Damian Priest and a newly added Jeff Hardy after winning a match on Monday Night Raw to add himself into this match. Uh, PJ, I'm gonna let you start us off here with this one too because I didn't really know. Maybe it's because I haven't been watching so intently lately, but it seems like they just threw Jeff Hardy in the title picture here just to give him something to do. How'd you feel about this you, United you know, States Championship match? You know why they threw Jeff Hardy in this fucking uh, match, uh, boy? I, I'm to put over Damian, Damian Priest because yeah, because, well, because Damian Priest and Sheamus together are boring as shit. <laughs> they needed something in there because I didn't know Hardy was in this match and I hear the theme and I'm like, Oh shit, Jeff Hardy. Okay. See, I disagree. I loved the SummerSlam match where, where Damian priest went over Seamus to win the title. So like, I think that's that's because we got a new champion. Well, he wasn't even the United States champion. He was the first national champion. I need you to get that right. (laughs) Well, no, Um, again, I really, like, I don't, again, I don't mean to to veer away here, but like, I really enjoyed that match. You know, go back to, go back to the, the archives, if you will, of the podcast. That was my favorite match of SummerSlam. And that included, you know, that match was, that match, that match was good. I, I, I do agree that match is good, but I think now we're in the point where of like, okay, let's move on. Yeah. needs another. Yeah. And so, like, this match again on another pay-per-view would have been boring. Now we have Jeff Hardy in the mix to give it some some excitement. Thank God. Um, we get a, you know, we get a Falcon Arrow on Hardy, which looked great. I mean, Priest can move, man. Like, and I, I you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Sheamus, but the guy's put in his work. Uh, he's a really good worker as well. Uh, and Priest, man, I, I think that guy's part of the future as well. His little bow and arrow oh, yeah. gimmick is, is corny, but I do love it. Uh, it felt good. Seeing Hardy do a uh, whisper in the wind, uh, getting an ear fall on Sheamus again. Uh, we get to see Sheamus put in the clover leaf. This match has had some great spots, by the way. Um, I was really impressed with it. And it was quick, too. They went 13 minutes and 25 seconds, a uh, little less than the um, uh, the SmackDown Tag Team champion. Excuse me. Mm, had a burp. <laughs> so uh, this crowd was hot for Hardy. And honestly, I don't know where you would go from here. And I guess this is, uh, you know, uh, 
I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I do love long-term storylines, but I think the wrong guy won here. And I'll tell you why the we're do we're, we're getting these high, uh, uh, these high octane, um, uh, moves here. We get a broke kick on a Hardy, uh, in the air, in the, in midair, we get a, a Hardy hitting a swanton for to break up both priest and Sheamus. And then we get priest rolling up Sheamus to retain the title. Yeah. We yeah. needed to keep we needed to keep Priest strong there. Yeah. I just don't understand why we couldn't throw the title on Hardy and then have Sheamus out of the picture with Priest and Jeff Hardy having uh, just a really great match. Because let's be real, does the United States title really matter that much? If Priest is a two-time champion in a month and a half, I mean, you got Charlotte out there being a 20-time damn women's champion. I mean, geez, that crowd was hot for Hardy. They could they should have called an audible and had Jeff Hardy go over. I'm not, I'm not telling him to hang on for it forever. Hang on for it for a little while if you'd like. But that crowd, that that crowd that wanted they wanted Jeff Hardy to win. I love animated PJ about about stuff like this. So yeah. And, uh, it just it's just so funny because in this pay-per-view, we really didn't give the crowd anything they really yeah. wanted. We didn't give them a new women's champion uh, with Alexa Bliss finally having the belt again. We didn't give them uh, Jeff Hardy coming back into this match and coming back onto the scene. One of the you know the crowd's favorites, uh, putting a belt on him. And yeah, the belt's just a prop. We don't want to get on that. We didn't get an actual finish to the next match that we'll get to. And of course, we didn't get uh, the Demon Finn doing what well, yeah. won't ruin what happened. Yeah. But we didn't give the crowd fucking anything they wanted. Well, to, to stay on this match here for a second, I, I just, I'm going to go through my notes here. Some clumsy work from Jeff and Sheamus. Uh, then Priest hits a nasty dive out of nowhere uh, to yeah, the outside. Uh, you mentioned the, ha- the crowd was hot for Hardy, and they were hot the entire night for Hardy. Uh, there was a Falcon arrow that, that uh, Priest hit that didn't land all that right. There was a sequence on the outside where Sheamus uh, caught a spin kick from Priest. Uh, just to be able to throw him into the post, I felt like it was over, overly choreographed. Like you could see Sheamus waiting on the kick. Um, I was enjoying the out of nowhere interruptions. Like even not not just talking about pin pinfall interruptions. I'm talking like two guys are in the action, and all of a sudden one of the other guys comes out of nowhere. Um, I did write my botch of the night here. Uh, Hardy looking to reverse the priest finisher uh, into the twist of fate and fell down so awkwardly. Um, Corey Graves tried to recover it on commentary to call Jeff Hardy attempting the dragon sleeper for them to like get up and him that, you know, at that point. Yeah, I did. I did write that down too. Yep. Um, I love Seamus mocking Jeff Hardy on the top rope doing like the, the his thrusts. <laughs> I forgot uh, about that. That was, that was fantastic as well. Yep. Um, and then some more fantastic heel work afterwards. Uh, you know, there was a lot of stuff here that, that, that we didn't see uh, a lot of uh, over the last few months. Hardy hit the swamp Tom couldn't capitalize again. The crowd's hot for Hardy. I'm with you. They should have called an audible. Let Jeff take the title off from Sheamus. Let priest come say, I was never pinned for the title. Jeff, you were one of my idols. Let's go at it one-on-one and let him take the title back from Jeff Hardy, but give the crowd what they want here, especially with all the great false finishes. And like you said, the fucking schoolboy to end this tri- triple threat match for the U.S. title is just asinine to me. Uh, I think, and, and we'll get to it later in the show, but there were a lot of dumbass, uh, I wouldn't call it irresponsible finishes, but just like lackluster finishes on this show. Um, lackluster is literally what I wrote in my notes. I said a lot of lackluster finishes in this, in this pay-per-view. Yeah, I gave this match two and a half stars. It leads into another botch here. Uh, Graves Graves did a really good job of covering the the botch here in the match, uh, but right after the match, they're leading to what would be the SmackDown Women's Championship. Graves says that a U.S. title match is still coming up, um, and then uh, I, I did I did mention uh, Big E cuts a promo here uh, where I just I have to say it. Uh, he had a Stanley from the Office reference here with "You done lost your mind, and I'm going to help you find it." Uh, on a Bobby Lashley promo because Bobby Lashley had cut a promo earlier in the night saying that you're a chicken shit if you don't expect if you don't uh, accept my challenge for Monday Night Raw tomorrow night for the WWE title. So um, fun little spot here, not just not just the botch by Graves about saying the U.S. title match is coming up, considering it literally just took place. But then you get I'm going to call it the uh, the Biggie Stanley promo of of Extreme Rules.
Uh, next on the card, I mentioned the SmackDown Women's Championship. We get a rematch of sorts from SummerSlam, if you want to call it that. Bianca Belair challenging against the champion Becky Lynch, and I'll start us off here. Um, I hate the uh, the Becky Lynch gear. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the gear. Um, I, I this is going to come off really bad. I don't know how to how else to say it. Not only should an Irish ginger not wear white because of their skin tone alone, I don't think the heel should ever wear white. I think the only person that ever got a, got away with wearing white as a heel was Seth Rollins. Um, I, I just, whatever it is, I just don't like the heels wearing white. Uh, going into the actual match, Bianca is so freakishly strong. Uh, she had a couple of vertical suplex spots in, the, in this match that were just, uh, a, a, you know, basically an example of that. Um, you know, somebody mentioned that they loved the, I was in a group chat throughout this pay-per-view, and somebody mentioned they loved seeing um, Becky doing this annoying heel stuff. Uh, but I, I feel like she's sort of ripping it off from Bailey as Bailey is now out for the next few months. Um, glad to see more than a single hair spot in this match here. Uh, Becky really got some good use out of Bianca's hair. We haven't seen a lot of that on the main roster except for like subtle little moves, um, you know, here and there. But there's a lot of hair work here with that long braid that Bianca has. Um, there was a, a clumsy spot that I, I wrote down that where, where it looked like Bianca was going for the Widow's Peak on the outside, reversed into, uh, into the flip, and then supposedly driving Bianca into the steps face first, that Bianca basically hit like chest first. Uh, nevertheless, uh, we saw some, some, you know, I mentioned we saw some stuff that we're not used to seeing. I'm seeing some higher spots that we haven't seen a whole lot lately. Sheamus in the last match had a top rope knee drop. And now we get Becky with a top rope leg drop. Uh, some interesting things here that they're trying to do. Uh, some great fall fin false finishes in this match, too. Um, I love seeing how Bianca was fight out of the disarmor and the arm bars. Um, man, what a power out of the arm bar to try the, the KOD. Uh, and as you mentioned, I'll let you, you know, I'll let you expand upon it, but we get a DQ finish here. I, I gave this match three stars, but we get a DQ finish as Sasha Banks makes her return as she didn't compete in the SummerSlam match that she was supposed to, and now she comes in and not only attacks Bianca to end the match, uh, but as Becky would basically try to like, hey, thanks, she would attack Becky Lynch as well. I do love Sasha interjecting here, but I really hated the finish. So, so what was a really good match, and what should have seen a finish in a championship match? Uh, PJ, I know you've got some some exciting animated thoughts about this match. So what do you what do you have to say about the SmackDown Women's Championship match here? Not much than what you've already said. Um, I love, by the way, I love Becky Lynch's um, disarmor. I don't know why. I think it's just a really, just a really cool uh, submission move. Uh, it's so simple too. Maybe that's why I like it because it's simple. Sometimes submissions can be um, too complicated. Yeah. Um, so uh, Carmella's yeah, no, I, comes to mind. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but Carmella has a really clunky oh my submission. God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, and he, and even edges the uh, the edge whatever. Which yeah, I, the, I yeah. yeah yeah which I do love the move, but yeah, it's too, it's just complicated. Um, yeah, we should have gotten a finish here. I mean, and I get what we're doing. I understand we're we're moving the storyline along, but we should have gotten some sort of finish here. Uh, whether it was Becky Lynch causing the the uh, the, the disqualification as a heel, or um, you know anything, and then Banks coming out, but we needed a finish uh, to this match, most yeah. definitely. I agree. Yeah, it was another, as you said earlier, as I said earlier on the show, lackluster finish here. Uh, DQ, no, I don't know how we haven't having how we have not said this yet. We had a disqualification. In the women's championship match at a pay-per-view called Extreme Rules, PJ. <laughs> Once oh again, we talk God. we talk about the lack of extremity. And I don't know if that's a word, but I just made it up. Hey, extremity is like your fingers and toes. Oh, that's an extremity. This is extremity. Oh. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> extremity. Uh, there's no extremeness. Uh, you know, normally extreme rules they sort of get hated on because like every match has a gimmick, Like there's a chairs match and there's a tables match. We didn't get any of that. And so at the very least an extreme rules pay-per-view, like there should at least be like a, this understood quote unquote, no disqualification. So when Sasha comes in to attack both superstars, 
Like, I understand, like, you could, you could sort of make it a double DQ here. But, again, extreme rules, a disqualification to end the match makes absolutely no sense. Um, and I say all that to say that they, they saved most of the extreme, quote-unquote, uh, in for, for the next match, which I was kind of surprised that we were already there, and I'm surprised that we're already here on, on the podcast this week. The main event features the Universal Championship match with Roman Reigns defending against the Demon Finn Balor. And as I said, they used uh, they, they saved up all their, their extreme uh, for this match. It was never I, – I, I don't remember anything about it being called a no-DQ match or anything like that. But uh, we get some, some fun spots here in this match. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I should say that I, I did enjoy uh, the Bianca Belair match. I gave it three stars. But stupid ass finish. I'm surprised it didn't lower lower a full star. Um, PJ, how did you feel about the Universal Championship match here with Demon Finn Balor taking on Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules? So the brawling in the very beginning. Um, first of all, let's talk about the Demon. So I had been watching Prince Devitt uh, for a long time, ever since he first created the Bullet Club with Big Luck Valet and uh, or Valet. Valet, excuse me, <laughs> and New Japan, yeah, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Then, of course, we have uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson coming into the mix. Of course, then we get Luke Gallows. Anyway, I can go Bullet Club history all day. Um, we should do a, a show on the history of the Bullet Club. I don't, I don't think that'd be a, a bad thing to do, especially with uh, with Dingo coming on the show at some point. So I think, oh, Dingo, great thing to do. Uh, so I love, I, I love the, um, I love the brawling that we get here, uh, Ballard pulling out a bundle of kendo sticks was about the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So dumb. Um, you know what? It reminded me of somebody who like built a sword out of those like pool, pool. Uh, what do you call them? The, the donut, not the donuts, the pool noodles. Pool noodles. Pool noodles. It, it, it looked like they took some pool noodles and wrapped them around a kendo stick. Like it, it was, it was awful. It looked like a, almost if you've, if you've ever heard of Minecraft or played Minecraft, it looked like a sword from Minecraft. Like that's what it reminded me of. Like that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So I love, uh, I love rain selling the kick out of the spear that he hits on Balor. Uh, I will say that rains, man, he's gotta do something different with that spear. Every time he does a spear, it just looks like a mosquito has bitten his opponent. It just doesn't look like he's done anything. Like it just looks like, uh, anyway, so he kicks out, uh, you know, Bella kicks out with a low blow and, uh, you know, oh, it's a low blow. Uh, well, it's an extreme rules. So that really doesn't matter. And they hit um, each other with kendo sticks earlier in this match. Like, shut the yeah. hell up about the low blow. Like, big fucking deal. Like, so <laughs> Usos, Usos come out. They pull Bella out of the ring. Uh, you know, uh, Bella, I got to mention, too. Balor's paint here is just tremendous. I love the look. I love I what I hated though was the his the the upper back that said Balor. It's like, yeah, we know who he is. Well, it's it's also great that it didn't really wear off during the match. Um I also I also wanted to mention that uh yeah, the Usos come out. It's a damn shame that they didn't have, I don't know, a Gallows and Anderson to get his back in this match to give him more <laughs> of a fair shake. But you know. Let's 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 leave that alone for the time being. PJ, please that continue. Would been, that would have been fun. Yeah, um, would have been so fun. So we get uh, Balor fighting out of this and actually putting Jay through an announce table with a power bomb. Uh, Reigns hits a, a, a lame spear on Balor again, and with everybody down, the red lights flash, and we get a heartbeat sound, and we hear Cole go, "It's the heartbeat of the demon." About the dumbest thing. I've heard Michael Cole say in a long time, he's flopping like a fucking bass oh, out a- of water. Um, he gets up, hits range of the chair, puts him through a table. I do love the drop kick through the table. That was pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, as Ballard's Roman sold the- it so well too. Like Roman yeah. jumped up. Like the table wasn't set up as an, at an angle. It oh, was set looked, up like a flat. He looked good. Yeah, it was great. Good spot. So we, we get a, <sighs> we get Ballard going up for a coup de gras. And by the way, when he's up there on that turnbuckle, the whole time I'm like, "Fuck, why is it? Why hasn't he jumped? Why is he taking so fucking and, long?" And, and, but in my but in my head, boy, I was like, "Oh, he probably can't fucking see because there's the ring is surrounded in smoke. He's probably like, where the fuck's Reigns? I can't see him." Yeah. And then the top rope snaps, everything stops. Balor falls, hurts his knee. Reigns hits a third spear on Balor to retain 
the title. This is the dumbest fucking finish I've seen in a long time. It in was in a main the, event at that. In a main event, and it was it was full of Gaga. It was just, excuse me, it was just ridiculous. They went 19 minutes and 45 seconds. Way, way too long for this. Um, I hated it. So yeah, I I've hated got- it. I is, and uh, you know what I hate too? Reigns having the fucking belt and him and Usos pointing up to the sky. Are you trying to tell me that God came down and put down the demon? Is that what you're trying to tell? You're pointing up. Yeah. I, it, I, what are we doing? By the way, God hates Vince. We know this. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, <laughs> this is not, this is common knowledge that God hates Vince McMahon. Yeah. It's literally in like John 3:16. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think it's for God so loved the world that he created Vince McMahon to piss on his grave. Like I don't think that's how it goes. Um uh, nevertheless, I uh, just don't get it, man. I do want to run through a couple of my notes here. Um I did hate the kendo stick spot as well. Uh you started hearing a faint we want tables chant that we would actually like it would make sense later in the match they the Roman would jaw at the crowd, which also I, I need to mention. I love when he jaws at the crowd. It's really good heel work, and I think he does it very well, uh, especially with the spontaneity that he does it with. Um, the crowd would pop every time Finn went to the table, and then Roman would would get him away from it, and, and they would start booing because they're not getting the table. Uh, so I really loved – and a huge pop for the table, man. That pop for that table was almost as good as that the pop that Jeff Hardy got when he hit that swanton to break up the pin in the yeah. US title match. Um, uh, we already mentioned the face paint and the chest paint that did not wear off. I thought the, uh, it was a decent spear counter by Roman. And, and again, you mentioned the low blow to, to kick out of it. Uh, loved, I loved the false finish with the low blow to kind of go back to, to SmackDown a few weeks prior. Um, you know, I, I mentioned, and we've said it a, a few times that uh, with the extreme rules pay-per-view, nobody took advantage of the, no DQ until now. And obviously the SmackDown women's title match was not no DQ because that match was, was ended on such. Um, I really like the action with the Usos and Finn. You mentioned the, uh, you know, the power bump through the table. I really thought that the spear, spear was a really good one uh, where Roman would, would drive him through the, uh, the barricade. You mentioned the reviving, reviving heartbeats. You didn't mention the fact that for the next, like I would say maybe 30 seconds to a minute, they played his theme song during the match like not yes, only they did not only did they like let him like flop like a like a, a fish out of water and revive himself through the heartbeat of the demon uh they let his music play like he was a fucking superhero and then you mean to tell me that the rope snaps and all of a sudden like all of his like adrenaline his popeye spinach runs out because the top rope breaks <laughs> Like are, you, like, are, are you, <laughs> yeah. like, are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Like, again, we, it's, it's, I, I keep bringing it back to it. Trying to bring logic to an illogical situation is, is never a good thing. But if you are, if we are going to be made to believe that the, the, the lights going red, uh, you know, in years past, they used it for Kane, they used it for the fiend. All of a sudden, the lights go red, and then you hear this this heartbeat, and like you said, he flopped like a fish, uh, and then all of a sudden he was he was he was up and aware out of nowhere, drives Roman through the table, puts him in the ring, sets up for the coup de gras, and then the rope break completely cuts off his momentum. Like, how logical is that? And not to mention the fact that the demon had never lost on WWE TV, and now you're going to give him his first loss because he fucking fell off the top rope. And you know, here, here's my thing. You know, that was just a roided up version of the of Hulk Hogan hulking up. Yep. Oh, 100. Yeah. Well, no. That, you see, know, that's no, what that's, that's, that's the and, less, and that was. That's the less roided out because Hogan actually used roids. Use roids. You're it. absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's just. Well, let me. Okay, so here's how I look at it. You backed yourself in a corner by saying like Roman Reigns is our guy. He can't be beat. And when he tries to get beat, his brothers come out. Well, we need now we need him to be fucking like really tough up because we're going to Saudi Arabia and he's going to go against Brock Lesnar, who is our fucking Superman, who his only kryptonite is a shitty contract. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, Roman, <laughs> so Roman Reigns here, you backed yourself in a corner by saying Reigns has to win. But hold on. 
That demon, he's never been beaten. And God damn, we can't beat the demon. He's the demon. So, boss, what are we going to do? Technical malfunction. Let's, we let's have break. the top rope break. Yeah, let's break but the top rope because that'll work. Can't, you, know, you know what I hate about WWE booking a lot of the times? And I'll, I hate a lot of this about pro wrestling booking. You don't see it as much anymore except with the E. But, Bully, Bully right? you ever had a bad day and things just don't go your way? Oh, 100%. I mean, I had can one a, of those days last a, week. Can a wrestler not have a bad day? And what? How, how did he? How could he lose? He had a bad day. Because no. <laughs> at the end of the day, all you need is three seconds to lose a fucking match. Are you telling me that he's perfect? And that oh. what do we do? 19, 19 minutes. Hold on a second. Nineteen minutes and forty-five seconds. He's perfect in those nineteen minutes and forty-five seconds. He can't have be on his back for three seconds. That's what I hate about this booking of like we need to keep him undefeated, undefeated, undefeated. He can't have a bad day. Shit. Fucking Sheamus lost in a roll-up. Yeah, yeah. Well, All it you know, takes is three seconds. I just yeah. don't understand, and that's what I love about a lot of the booking you see with New Japan and AEW and shit. You have a champion, you have, but it can end in three seconds. And New Japan, especially, you know, uh, you know, uh, Kazushika Okada has lost before in you know fifteen minutes. Why? Well, you, you, you did a you do a post match interview. I had a I had a bad match. Had a bad day. Got my ass kicked. Now I'll be back tomorrow looking my wounds and being a little bit more dangerous. That's quoting Polly Dangerously right there. But yeah. I'm serious. I think that's the difference, one, between professional wrestling and sports entertainment, which is WWE prides itself on, on you know, calling itself. I also want to, you know, kind of just, you know, warn you, like with this, it only takes three seconds talk. You're starting to sound a lot like your favorite wrestler before SummerSlam and John Cena. Because that was his gimmick for the whole like lead up was it only takes three seconds, Roman. So you're uh, you're well, it's your borderline you gimmick infringing John Cena. <laughs> have a wonderful no, night. No, come on, no, but uh, no, 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 I'm no, right no, there with you. No, I get my, it. my point. My point is, my point is that again, you backed yourself in this corner that you can't get out of, and you have now put it into everyone's heads that your workers, your wrestlers can just not have a bad match, have a bad day. Yeah. No, I get, yeah. It it just doesn't, it's just so weird to me that you would rather sacrifice. um, You'd rather sacrifice this finish, which could be a good finish rather than, because we got to make it, we got to, well, demon's still got to look strong because the only reason he lost is because of a rope break and God forbid Roman Reigns lose though. Well, well, it, makes, it makes him look strong because his ankles are so powerful that he broke the top rope. Is it his ankles though, or like I, I don't, I don't know how they're going to sell this on SmackDown. On I don't know. It makes I don't no know. They're probably sense. not. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna think we forgot. But it will, it is, will have, that SmackDown will have aired by the time this airs. So yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully have an answer by the, by the next time we. Well, we, my, we, my, my point is that you put it into this head where like you have to keep both things strong, but. You can still remain strong by telling a great story even after a loss. You lose. Why did you lose, Roman? Had a bad fucking match. Never going to happen again. If Finbala thinks it's going to happen again, he's got another thing coming. You go on, you go on, you go on. It, you know, look at how many times The Rock would lose back in the, the late 90s and still come back talking more trash. And he was the most overhill, uh, overheel, rather, um, in the business, maybe except for Hollywood Hulk Hogan. But, like, it just – crazy to me that we continuously back your back ourselves in a corner broken record here and we keep doing it I know, and we don't see any problems with it listen i you know if this the show will have aired after monday night raw i mean the first thing they did now that Big E is the champion and there's no there's no other success or there's no other successor uh it looks like they put the the heart business back together which is great because i love the i love them together nevertheless all of a sudden now it's like you talk about it's the same thing over and over again well now that bobby lashley's not champion guess who's next in line to take on Big E for the title drew mcintyre whose most recent matches and and uh and storyline had to do with jinder mahal and a fucking sword but all of a sudden they're going back to the drawing board because you know Drew McIntyre deserved a, 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 some sort of reign in front of the fans. Well, like, granted, like, I've always been a, an advocate for Drew McIntyre. I'm no Paul Heyman, but I'm still an advocate for him. And uh, and I just think that, like, maybe it's time to adjust and alter the direction you try to send people in. So I, I don't I don't get it, man. It makes no sense. And, and to your point, like, this, this 
you know, rehashing the same shit over and over again. All of a sudden now, uh, you know, acknowledge me. Like, I'm surprised he didn't in the show telling people to acknowledge him again because he's into the last four fucking pay-per-views saying that same thing. And he breaks the rope. You know, he gets the finish. I gave this match. It was I thought it was a decent match. I gave it three and a half stars, but I gave the finish a negative four. Like, just come <laughs> on already, dude. Um, as quickly as that happened, that was the show. It, it went by very fast. The podcast went by very fast as well. Um, PJ, what would you give this overall show? Because I know we talked about some fun spots here and there, but what would you give this this whole pay per view as, as an overall rating? Out of five? Yeah, let's go out of five. Two. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I gave. I, I, really, give, I, I really didn't love it. I'd give the pay per view a three. I would also have to preface it with, well, keep in mind that almost none of the matches had a had a good or a clean finish. I would like, really only recommend one match in this in this pay per view, and it would be the triple threat. Only because I would, and I'd reckon I would recommend it to a Jeff Hardy fan. Like, hey, you haven't seen Jeff Hardy working a long time? Which at this out? Yeah, uh, honestly, I don't think there's a must see match on this pay per view. I mean, I liked a lot of the matches. I gave them a lot of, of average ratings, but I don't think that this is a show that you need to go out of your way and see. So, having said that, that was Extreme Rules 2021. PJ, you got anything to, to push for Guardians Warlock here coming up in the very near future? Oh, my God. We booked so many shows. Uh, I'm really happy about it, though. Um, we booked shows all the way to next year as well, which is fun. But um, we're going to be doing some practice here in a little bit, actually, in about 30 minutes. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot of promos and filming and stuff like that. So really looking forward to it. Uh, you guys check out our Facebook page um, to see some more stats and our actual uh, bio on our new bass player uh, whose name is Jesus Roxo. Uh, so check him out. Uh, really good stuff on our profile there on Facebook, and uh, I would much appreciate that. Well, PJ, thanks again for joining the show and talking about Extreme Rules. I know it wasn't one of our favorite shows to do, but after we did our first watch along last week, I figured why not kind of bring us back down and and review uh, you know, a, a WWE pay-per-view that was you know it took place a week ago by the time this aired. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That that watch along was a lot of fun. I went back and I, I listened to it again. We had a lot of funny things, man. I was I I'm mad that I was so negative on Andre the Giant coming out, but damn, he looked bad. I'm no listen. I was right there with you. And uh, and again, if you haven't heard it, go back and check the Battle Royal at the Royal Albert Hall podcast that we recorded earlier this year. Uh, but as far as as our future goes, uh, PJ Steven and I will be back first of all before before next week. I've got another fantasy football uh, podcast coming for you this Thursday. And then next week, PJ, Steven, and I go back in time as we review a fall brawl 1997. Yeah, I I cannot wait for that. Yeah, fun WCW pay-per-view that PJ, Steven, and I will be reviewing. So stay tuned for that. Uh, In the meantime, have a good week. We'll see you Thursday for the football show right here on Tap House.